Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 B KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Monday to you. Thanks for being with us on Unrivaled. It's 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Scott Mitchell, Jeremiah Jensen from KSL 5 TV joining us in the studio. What's up, JJ? Somebody's got some plays in here. I'm, Those are mine. Oh, see? I, I got a little ADHD or something because, like, I'm not even listening to you. I just all of a sudden started looking at all these. There's, like, routes and stuff know, on here. I plays. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, I, I, can, try, I can explain try, it to you. I've got a radio like, show to do here. No, no, I, I, I appreciate that someone actually listens oh, and pays attention. Oh, I, I, I try to share all this amazing knowledge with Alex, and he goes, yeah, whatever. We, no, we I, just, go, I yeah. go, that's awesome. Can we throw that big piece of paper that has all those plays away? Because I'm like a guy who likes to just like throw stuff away yeah. in the studio, and he's like, don't you dare touch my plates. Oh, it is a little cluttered, but <laughs> there, uh, there looks like a stroke of genius on this piece There's of paper something. that sucked me in. Well, so. at the very least, you know, it's not – I mean – there's a lot of years of like some Miami Dolphins offense, some, a lot uh, of stuff some, in there, some uh, Detroit Lions offense, and he goes, "You know why this works every time, right?" And so then I go, "No, Scott, tell me." Yeah, because I've heard, I've heard it a couple times. I'm pretty sure I've seen these plays on Super Tech Mobile. <laughs> same, I'm pretty sure I have Barry pictures. Sanders run yeah, this right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely right. Yeah, none uh, of those plays were divine, designed. Well, there's one you kind of use him as a decoy. Ah. <laughs> See how quarterback is. <laughs> These are all passes. He was very sad. He was yeah. all right. A decoy. He was all right, but yeah. <laughs> if I'm telling the truth, if we were going to score, I'd really like to go to Herman Moore. Nah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, huge weekend in sports. It's one of the ones that you circle on the calendar and go, okay, selection Sunday. Uh, this jazz team is uh, marching toward whatever it is that they're marching for. Yeah, uh, what are we calling this? Well, you tell me because I, I as soon as I told myself, "Yep, we're in uh, tank mode." They're li- they lost four in a row, three on the road. Then they've lo- they've won the last two in a row, and they haven't even particularly looked great. They no. just have beaten these last two teams that, frankly, 
they're taking these long, this long road trip, and they and they win those two games against Charlotte and against Orlando, who are not great teams. But the Jazz aren't like 100% healthy and have everything together. And Lowry Markkinen had a terrible game on Saturday, comparatively, what he's had. Didn't matter. Taylor Horton Tucker with 37. Look, they're, they're facing teams that are tanking harder than they are. you got to give it up. The Miami <laughs> Heat and the Charlotte Hornets, they know how to tank. They've done it right. They've done it for many years. And it's crazy that they're in perpetual tank mode. And I kind of being facetious, but you look at those two franchises, and they're in the lottery every year. Has anything changed for them? No. No. So everyone that's like, tank, 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 we want the Jazz to tank. Yeah, you want them to get in the lottery. You want to you be in this draft. You want to get a really good pick in this draft. But you also have to be aware that if you continue to be in the lottery year in and year out, it doesn't mean you're going to get out of it. Look what the Houston Rockets are doing right now. This is two years in a row. They've been bad, bad, bad. Yeah. And unless they get Wimbanyama in this draft, I mean, there's not going to be like some kind of magic wand. Even if they get Wimbanyama or Scoot Henderson – they're still a 25-win team because they have nothing on that roster that's going to help them turn things around quickly. Now, look at what the Jazz have right now. You've got an all-star in Lowry Markkinen. You've got a future, I, you call him a star, in Walker Kessler. I think sure. he has that possibility. I think you still look at some of the guys they have on the roster. Oche Abaji is a rotation player and even a starter on a potential um, playoff contender, I think, in my estimation. I mean, a lot of Danny Green comparisons, I think that's great if that's how he turns out to be. And then you've still got Colin Sexton on this roster. You still maybe have Jordan Clarkson in the future. And then if you hit in the lottery with all these picks and all this stuff, the Jazz are in such a much better place than these other teams. So, yes, we want them to get in the lottery. But you know what? I don't think anybody in that locker room gives a crap because <laughs> they're ninth right now. They're, I mean, it's like they're trying to lose and they're still in ninth because everybody else in the West is is doing the same thing. They can't figure out who they are, including the Lakers, who have everything to play for. You know, um, Kelly Olenek made a comment earlier in the year, and he talked about his time with the Houston Rockets, and and he said it wasn't a waste of time because you mentioned the Rockets, how they're so bad, and he said, I didn't look at it as I was on a terrible team. I looked at it as an opportunity to really work on my game. And you see a lot of jazz players right now because – there's no pressure to win for the Jazz. No one expects them to win. I don't think the Jazz organization expects to win right now. But if these players can figure out their game, and that, that's been one of the things that I've really liked about this season, to watch the development of a Walker Kessler or even a Talon Horton Tucker who is yeah, kind of playing a different him, right? different position. And, and, and Jordan Clarkson is playing a different position. But to watch these players – figure out their game and really get a chance to develop. Now, whether they're doing it for selfish reasons or whether they're doing it with an opportunity and hope that they get to stick with the Jazz, either way, it's been fun to watch that for me. And I'm curious, what what is what has been enjoyable for you to watch this Utah Jazz team this year? Just moments like you just mentioned. So we've gone through the year. There's been waves and ebbs and flows of, of who they are and what they've been about and what player steps up, what player's been great. I mean, Lowry's been consistent all year long, and I love watching Lowry market and play basketball. I mean, his inside-out game, he can do. He can finish at the rim with as, as well as anybody you, you see in the league. I mean, I, I, on, on, sports, on KSL Sports Live this week, I call him the best in-game dunker in jazz history. I think he's, he's getting there. I mean, he's not insane. I mean, he is no, as electric he's, as anybody. He's had so many posters this year. I don't remember a jazz player. I mean, Carl Malone, obviously, is that guy that had a lot of poster dunks when he was a player. But to, to to compliment Lowry in saying that he finishes at the rim as well as Carl Malone, I mean, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. But people kind of yeah. people kind of you remember the first couple of years of Donovan's, maybe even his second and third year, 
we were like, man, this guy is unbelievable. He the way he rises up, and yeah. at some point, teams figured it out, right? Yeah. And then you're six foot one and getting in the middle of the lane, and then it's a lot harder. But there are there's so much more uh, ability for a guy who's seven foot, and as long as he is, and it's crazy too because it's not just like oh, a nice one hand flush. It's like no, there's no. some athleticism there, a crazy athleticism, and. You're right, and Scott and I have talked about whether or not, and Locke brought it up with us last week. He was like, okay, what's the difference between a, a superstar and a star? And obviously Lowry would fall in that, that second category. I think we have to be careful of going, wow, there's a dozen superstars in the league. That's not the case. Yeah. Um, but I think a guy like Lowry, this is his stride that he's in right now, and we were talking about developing guys. I think that you don't – you know, a guy like uh, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker – what what is he doing? Like, is he looking for a big contract at some point in the future yeah. somewhere else, or is he looking and going? I want to be a part of this here. Either way, it works. However, he's playing right for you. I mean, he looks older than he is. He's young. Right. Yes, he's a really young player, and you're seeing his growth now that he's had more opportunities and more playing time recently. The injuries have forced him to play big minutes, and he has delivered. I've seen him get better and better just in the last two weeks playing basketball. So you're now all of a sudden you're looking at Taylor Horton Tucker and saying, okay, we got him in that trade with the Lakers, which was brilliant, by the way. Patrick Beverly for Taylor Horton Tucker and a pick. I mean, it's just crazy what they did there. Mm-hmm. Great move by the Jazz. Kind of an, one of those things that nobody talks about around the league, but then you're looking at it and you're like, oh, wow. Patrick Beverly was never going to play at the Jazz. But they got Taylor Horton Tucker, and now they're going to be able to see if he can actually develop. And we're watching him going, okay, now is he a piece for the future? And I am, I'm being convinced that, yes, he could be. Absolutely. Now, does he want to be here? You, like you mentioned, Alex, there's a lot of details there. We don't know. But you're looking at the talent, and you're like, okay, okay. And if he can become more consistent, which is, I think, the only thing lacking in his game right now right. is the consistency because we've seen his explosiveness and things he's able to do. Um, he's just got to become more consistent. But you're, you're learning and, and, and you're, you're gaining so much through this experience of watching some of these young players develop. And Taylor Horton Tucker is the latest example uh, of somebody who's taking advantage of this opportunity that's been given them this late in the season. And you're saying, well, this Joe season's a waste. Absolutely not. You're seeing development of these players that are either part of your future or for those players, it's their, for their benefit. They're going to go somewhere else and, and their, their career is going to excel because of this season. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you think when the Jazz made all these trades, do you think they said, um, they they knew, like, they, they go, we like their game. There's something about their game. We remember this about their game, and we'd like to get an up-close view of this. Or was it, we just want draft picks but and, and just throw in a couple of these players, and you know, or, or were the Jazz specific about uh, who, who, they, who they picked up? Because I think almost all of these guys that they've picked up as part of these trades have been gems. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of who really hasn't, you know, been a gem for him. No, it's absolutely they got rid of they got rid of Bolmero, and that was kind of a Bolmero. That was kind of it, right? Yeah, a guy who's like throwing in the Rudy trade. Sure. I mean, you're for, completely going to forget that because you got Walker Kessler and all those picks. 
So whoopity do, right? You give a couple. But of isn't 10 that how it normally is? Is most of the guys in trades are just kind of throwaways, not, yeah. and they just, I mean, you're not, they're that, just not on your usually roster. Usually in trades, you're just you're bringing in players to make the math work. And the Jazz actually brought in some players that perhaps were part of being making the math work, and they've worked out bigger than the math. So absolutely. I mean, you look at the way that the Jazz have done what they're doing, and, and to kind of answer your, your question, Scott, is I, I, I don't think it's by accident. I think, obviously, look, you know how it works. It's hit and miss, right? Some guys yep. are going to develop. Some guys, you don't know. You don't. But you do. And I'm gonna. The, and the reason I say that is because I, I've, I've talked to Danny Ainge, and I've learned what he does. And he's either at a grandkid's practice or game, or he's watching tape. He watches hoop constantly. That's what he does. He is a basketball junkie, and he watches all this stuff over and over and over again. He's watching all the guys in the draft, prospects, not just guys in the in 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 the NCAA tournament, guys across you know overseas, guys in the G League, guys playing with the Ignite, Wembenyama, all these guys. He's watching them. So he knows who these pe- players are. He knew, trust me, him and Justin Zanuck knew who Talon Horton Tucker was. And they saw an opportunity to turn a veteran player that they didn't need on their roster and found a player that the Lakers didn't need anymore because the Lakers were trying to go to win a championship. So they found a match there to get a guy they liked that was young. They've been doing that all uh, the entire offseason and then into this season. They did it again at the All-Star break. I mean... To be able to do what they did by, you know, getting the first round pick from the Lakers was brilliant because, I mean, it was it, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt are great players, but they weren't part of the long term plan, so you might as well get value out of it, right? So, I mean, that's I, to answer your question, you have it's not an exact science, but trust me, there's a lot of this was deliberate that the Jazz did. This is doing a lot of homework, a lot of study, and understanding the league and understanding trends and tendencies, and also Danny Ainge has been in this league. As a player, coach, as a media member, and as a general manager and as a president for 40 years, 40 plus, right? So he knows his stuff. I can't believe he didn't stay in the media longer. This is so much more of a fun job, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's like this guy well, does I, whatever he wants. He's too I, I think smart about yeah. basketball. When, when I played, and you, you guys would get drafted and they come in, and you, you could tell in a very short period of time, that guy can play or he can't play. Yeah. And so – uh, you know, being around basketball like he he's been, I'm sure he's been able to hone like that assessment of can this guy play? Can this, and and I'm sure it's from watching, observing, uh, like you said, the tape. And I'm sure he just makes whether it's mental notes or digital notes or in a book somewhere. And he probably has a book on every player in the NBA and says this is you know. And I'm sure it's by team by by position, and and that would be you know it's cool knowledge to have. You know, and, and it's probably why he's been very successful. Uh, let's move on to the NCAA tournament, which is one of the more fun things we get to watch in, in uh, the last couple of years. There have been moments where we haven't had a team from the state of Utah. It stinks, right? It is the worst because at least you go, oh, we're watching this one. And I was just uh, – before I showed up to the station today, Utah State was the was the highest 10 over 7 pick that is in people's bracket now that doesn't mean that more people are picking utah state over missouri across the board because people just tend to lean toward the the, the higher seat anyway yeah. but uh 10-7 is a popular that's like a big upset city i mean between even like the 5 to 12 those teams seem very even across the board how does utah state 
go on to that round of 32 and maybe even sneak into the Sweet 16? Got to shoot well from three because Missouri is very bad at defending the three. So there's going to be opportunities to hit those shots. The shots they didn't make against San Diego State in that championship game, they got to make here. So that's number one thing. That's what Utah State does. They shoot the three really well. They shoot a 40% clip at the college level. It's outstanding. So they got to hit the threes. Ashworth, Funk, they've all got to knock down threes. The other thing they got to do is defend because you know what? Missouri's not going to. Really good. Well, but they Missouri both... is bad, 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 yes. bad. Like down in the, almost the 300 range, bad on defense in college basketball. So the opportunities are going to be there for the Utah State Aggies to score. Can they get the stops on the other end that allows Utah State to go on those runs? Kind of like they did against Boise State in the semifinals. Or was that a 91-80 game or something like well, that? It you, was high scoring. Yeah. It was a grinder. And oh, no, they were struggling, and then all of a sudden, they got the stops, and they started hitting the shots in the second half. They flipped the game. They won the game. Mm-hmm. And that game probably put them over the top and pushed them forward out of the last four four sure. in and got them in the tournament for sure. So they have that team has to show up, the team that hits the threes and can get stops and defend. If they can't shoot the ball, they're going to be one and done again. It would be 10 losses in a row for Utah State in the NCAA tournament. They haven't won a game in the NCAA tournament since 2001. That's wild. The, it, the, the drought needs to end, and this is a golden opportunity to do that. Now, Arizona probably sitting there in the second round. That doesn't look great. But just for the Aggies to win a first-round game, beat Missouri as, an, as the 10 seed, would be tremendous for the program moving forward. Houston picked the most to win the national championship in the yeah. brackets across the board right now. Their best players hurt. That's what I said. Arizona, the second uh, most picks. Uh, by folks, you would think. I mean, I think the the performance by Kansas with a twenty point loss, although they didn't have Bill Self who was in the hospital for uh, five minutes because of that. But um, it's just weird because conference tournaments don't always tell you the exact story. No, never across the board, and then you uh, you end up going, oh yeah, those those guys won the national championship last year for reasons. So, uh, lots going on this week. We're going to be on top of it. Um, I did. I did the. Uh, we're going to have to do later this week, maybe Jer- uh, yeah. Jeremiah. The the uh, mascot challenge. So <laughs> this is one that's harder for, for Scott because he doesn't care what a catamount is. But these are ones that the, I feel like you're a little bit more on the same wavelength that I am, and you yeah. don't miss uh, some of these mascots. So That'd be uh, fun. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, you got it. Uh, KSL, KSL Sports live tonight uh, on the television. You'll be able to catch it and much more. JJ, thanks for being with us. You got us. it. Uh, we're going to jump out to the phone line here in a moment and uh, get to uh, Jeff Donovan. But – one of the things, too, as we uh, get you ready here, we're about nine minutes away from your Jazz pregame uh, versus the Miami Heat tonight in Miami. Early game, that means you're going to get an, uh, an early pregame, of course, as well uh, from uh, Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe, who are going to get you ready for that uh, that Heat matchup uh, with the with the Jazz. And so we'll see how this thing matches up with these guys. But I'm all sorts of excited for the uh, bracket. We're going to do the bracket challenge on kslsports.com. You can uh, jump on there, make your bracket. I think compete against uh, us, right? Isn't that what we're doing? We're having people compete yeah. against us? You're like, I don't care. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. I'll I love the- picking my brackets. That's why, you want- that's why you want my wife's bracket because – you know that she may be. Uh, oh, I I trust that kind of I know. intuition. It's yeah. like, what color are they? What color is their yeah. team? Oh, blue. Uh, oh, yeah, they're going to win. I'm not that stupid. Thing. I'm, I'm going to look for every possible do resource my kids I can do. to figure. Do out. what my yeah. kids do. Be like, hey, a tiger beats a cougar yes. all day long. A tiger beats a tiger beats a, t- a well, cougar what, all day long. What is the mascot that beats everything? <clears throat> well, uh, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. I don't know. 
It's got to be a fryer. Kind of one of it's got to be something that's like based the, on based on having God on your side. The rock crushes right? the scissors. The scissors <laughs> cut the paper. The paper covers the rock. Yeah, it's, just, it's one never-ending cycle. Don't of, bet against like fryers and gales. Uh, yeah. Anything with a religious undertone, yeah. they've got God on their side. You don't well, want. And you you don't could get that. a curse. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to uh, catch one of those. You don't want to catch a curse. You don't. All right. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.